fight that we all carry with us, disciplining. Let me play my part. Check to hate. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Yeah. Girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. Welcome to this episode of Amplified, the official podcast of the Kelly Nicole Foundation. I'm here with an amazing guest, Vincent Spera. Vincent, thanks for joining us, and I uh, appreciate having you here. He is um, a psychology student. He's a martial artist. He is passionate about helping trauma survivors, empowering people. I think it's fair to, to say that about you based on what we've talked about so far. Um, and I'm just super excited to talk about kind of how you learned about the foundation, which was outside in a beautiful day at a... At a Pride Festival. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks oh for my coming gosh. down here, yeah. man. It was my, uh, that was my first, uh, that was my first Pride Festival. Your first ever? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have it where I'm from, which is in Baltimore. Um, really? Yeah. And we had, uh, so I, I made some friends here when I first moved here. Um, and it was them who invited me. And so I was just walking around and I actually uh, got a small little gig there just helping one of the uh, booths out. And I had a little bit of time to spend some time with the friends. And as we were walking around, we came across your booth and it just resonated with me what you were, what you were putting out. So I wanted to get some information. Now look at us. Now, now <laughs> here we are. Now you came to our event. Now I'm, yeah. I've got you tied down for a podcast interview. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm trying to learn how to obviously do our events better and better and better and get more people like you who are interested in this and passionate about it. Um, whether they're wanting to help people, whether they're survivors, a lot of times it's both, um, to just kind of join the movement, right? Do something. What was it about what you heard there at the festival in the park that made you say, okay, this is interesting. Did someone bombard you with headphones? Cause we always have a listening station for people who haven't, uh, seen the Kelly Nicole foundation at one of these like festivals or anything like that. I just kind of run up to strangers and say, listen to this. And it's Kel's music. And then they, when they hear the story, sometimes they get choked up and like, oh God, but it's positive And it's, it's all for like, you know, my family's legacy and to help other, other people. So I'm curious how you interpreted it and like how we, how did we ring you in? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you did have a lady and I, and I, she did a great job. Aaron, I can't, yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron. Um, and yeah, we were walking. I was with my friends. Uh, she came up and she was like, hey, you guys want to listen to this? We we're like, yeah, I'm all about it. And my biggest thing is you can see authenticity and you can see uh, when someone's being genuine or when someone's trying to say, you can feel it almost. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> the the passion in her eyes, sort of the fire behind it showed her authenticity. And so just by that, I'm just by nature interested in stories and interested in everyone's story, uh, which can get me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I love the creativity of human beings. I think that it is, uh, they're the most interesting, fascinating uh, uh, creations on this planet. And so 
when you hear that authenticity, you're like, all right, like, what is this story? And why is she so passionate about it? And so then I was able to kind of come over and start talking to you and starting to get immersed in this, this, uh, this, this story that wasn't even about you two. It was just about, right. It was about Kelly. And, um, I was just blown away by it. It's, uh, it's this, it it wasn't even, um, what's the word I want to use? It was the message behind it, you know, using her story for a bigger message. And I think that resonates with a lot of people because a lot of people may not be going through the exact same thing, but they're going through something similar, right? So our experiences as individuals are different. Um, but the emotions that we feel in those experiences are very similar, Right. And so that's why we've created words to sort of explain those emotions that we really can't put a word on it. So it's hard for even us to understand it sometimes and talk about it. Um, and so having just that interaction and, and that that openness um, that you were able to sort of give off uh, to tell Kelly's story, it was like, all right, like, let's hear some more. Like, what else you got? <laughs> yeah. Let's, right. What else you got? I don't suppose you remember what song we threw at you. I change it up every time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, God, cause that was, that was, that was a good while ago now. It was June and yeah. it's and right now we're in, sitting here in September, 2018. Yeah. So yeah, no, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't remember. Oh, that's okay. I was just curious. Some people have a favorite and they're like, Oh, well I heard infected and then I just had to hear more. And there were people that day, like as we were shutting down. So it's a long weekend. It's hard work. So the, you know, don't know what the weather's going to do. And you feel kind of like, hopeful and helpless and excited and, and getting all different reactions and Cal's gone. So it's just really emotional for me. And so we were wrapping up, uh, later that, that weekend, like Sunday night. And when it gets to, when there's like 20 minutes left, I start playing like the most intense one, which is probably the blood for like everybody who comes up and I'm like, I'm going out hard. There, there was a lot of angst in the one that I, uh, and the one that I listened to. That doesn't narrow it down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's the thing is like, uh, I, I, Cause I'll have a hard time remembering what the, uh, what the music, like what the song was, mm. but it was the feeling behind yeah. the, um, the song being delivered. Yeah. And that's what's like, that's how I, how I interpret a lot of my situations when I'm working with people. Um, it's, it's not necessarily what's being said, but it's how they're expressing it. And that's what, that's what captures my attention. Yeah. Um, and then from that point on, it's just making the connections and there's a, usually a theme behind that person and, and how they got to where they are and how they're thinking the way that they are and just that whole process. And that's, uh, that's what, yeah, drew me in. But yeah, anyways. Cool. Well, so I'm going to back up and we'll talk about the foundation more in a minute. Once we have your background laid out, because you're a very unique person and you work with trauma survivors, you're passionate about empowering people. Like I said, um, you're also a martial artist. I'm a martial artist. And, and it was something that Kel and I kind of connected on. She was a huge fan, MMA, USC, any, anything like that. She knew every single thing. She knew not just every fighter and every style. She knew like all their recurring injuries. I was like, how much of this have you watched? Wow. She was obsessed. She yeah. could give Joe Rogan a run for his money. <laughs> I hope he hears this and has me on his show. Um, no, it was amazing. So I made, I don't know if I told you this, um, because we haven't really sat down to chat that often. You came to the event, and I, I hope that I gave everyone attention and everything like that. But you know what it's like yeah. running an event. It's hard to be um, available to everyone. But I was super excited to see you there at our, at our last fundraiser. Um, and so I don't think I've told you this, but when Cal passed, she was so into martial arts, and she had started training at, at my studio. So she was one of our new white belts in 2014. She passed the following year, and obviously... It was cancer, right? So she's getting sicker and sicker and training less and less. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, I was so proud of her. 
So I made her a black belt before she before she passed. Just a few days before I told her I was going to do it. She wasn't responding to much anymore then. It was like, like I said, a couple days before. But she was laying there on the bed. And I said, Cal, I talked to Miss Studio. And I'm making you a black belt. Right. I just When I said that to her, she sat up straight and looked around the room for a few seconds. And I just kept saying, you earned it, you earned it, you earned it. And then eventually she laid back down. So I feel like she knew before she went out that she was a black belt. Yeah, and that's—I don't know that anyone has ever made a request like that to the studio before. But they knew—they knew her. They knew some of her struggle. And I just said to my instructor, "I said I believe Kelly lived a life of indomitable spirit," which is a phrase you might know as a black belt. Yes. Um, and that's a phrase that means something in martial arts. And 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 she said, "Yes, absolutely." And I said, "Can I do this?" And she said, "Yes." So, um. That's kind of a connection when a martial artist came up to our booth and said, I'm feeling Kel, I'm feeling you. What can I do? Can I be a part of this? I was like, all right, we got some kind of connection here. This is cool. So talk about, we're going to talk about your martial arts background and then we'll get into the psychology student background as well. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to let you just go off for a minute, talk about kind of how you got involved in martial arts and and what styles and what what you're passionate about with it and everything like that. Yeah. um, And... and to to uh to to any martial artist right it's um it's it's the fight that we all carry with us um and then disciplining that sort of uh that beast that's always there um and then being able to sort of not necessarily tame it but accept it and then channel it and uh you know that's what kelly did right you know she had this uh she had this this uh this side to her that you know had to fight and, uh, and it, it was kind of her beast that she carried with her. And then just fighting through that, it's, she earned it. She did. So I just wanted to say that right off the bat that you are absolutely correct. She earned it. Oh, thank you, man. Um, but as far as my background, so I, I trained in Baltimore, um, with a studio out there and we trained in Krav Maga. Um, that's what it was. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that is an Israeli martial art, um, or a self-defense. Um, and so they teach their, uh, their military, um, and their, their, yeah, their military, their law enforcement, um, in this style and it's geared towards ending fights as quickly as possible. So it's not so much competition like UFC or boxing. Um, it's more to get it over with as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. um, and get home. Right. Is there a saying, I might be getting the wrong thing, but is there a saying like it's easy to learn and hard to forget? I feel like there's a saying, like a catchphrase with Krav Maga that's sticking in my head. Um, Quick to learn and and hard to forget. Like, do you feel like your body remembers it better than say like a a grappling or a a Taekwondo like myself or something like that? Yeah. So the difference between um, Krav Maga and other martial arts is they do gross motor skills starting off. There are some fine motor skills uh, involved, but a lot of the... um, a lot of the more traditional martial arts are very much the the fine motor skills, right? You're you're grabbing here in certain places. It's more like um like a chess match, right? Um, whereas Krav Maga is more about being explosive, um, channeling as much rage into a moment, uh, so that you're not the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's gross motor skills, it is very easy to learn because it's not uh, dependent on trying to. Uh, grab in a certain place or, um, you know, complicated uh, maneuvers. Um, It's very much like I manipulate my body and I can get out of things that they're doing to me without even having to actually touch them. Um, 
and then going on the offensive, right? So getting out of that mentality of I'm the victim and then sort of switching it into, well, I'm the aggressor now since you decided to disrespect my space and my life. Yeah. So now I'm going to take it to you. And the decision is now in your hands whether or not you want to continue this fight or you want to leave, right? Is it striking or is it the type like, okay, you said the decision's in their hands. Now you've got them in a position where they either cry uncle or it gets worse, like because I haven't done any Krav Maga. Yeah, so Krav Magas, I mean, there's definitely elements in there that would uh, you you know you might see in jiu-jitsu, you might see in judo, you might see um, in Muay Thai boxing. There's all these different little elements, but what it it predicates itself on is actually someone coming up and they decide to choke you. Um, should, should we just do this? What? Yeah. So just I'm, try one thing on me. Yeah. So all absolutely. Right, listen closely, folks. I'm about to die. <laughs> All right, here we go. And we'll describe it afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so two-handed choke? Yes. And then as soon as I get out of this, yeah, I'm going in and I'm striking, I'm striking, I'm striking. I'm bringing the fight to you Okay. so that you have to decide whether you want to continue. Well, I lived, but I'm going to try to describe that now. <laughs> so that was cool. Okay, so we faced each other front to front, and I did two-handed choke just right yes. at his throat. Right. I didn't. It wasn't a grab where I already had you by the throat. Right. I was at what we would in my school we'd have called it attempted choke. Okay. So because it's we differentiate between having the grip and and just reaching. Of course. So he he puts his arm up, pulls the tricep down over both my arms, does like maybe a quarter turn. Yeah, you stab up and then you turn your arm towards your attacker mm-hmm. and then stab down with the elbow. With the elbow. And then from and there, it. both my arms are stuck in his They're armpit. Down. Yep. And if he wants to, he can just elbow We're and gonna I'm strike. done. Yep. And on top of that too, is we might not even look to trap your arm, but what we are trying to do is get your arms low so that your face is open because the next shot is going to be right to the face so that you have your flinch response, right? You're going to step back. And when you step back, that's my moment to seize on the opportunity to take the fight to you. And then you have to decide whether or not you want to continue Mm -hmm. because I've already chosen that I'm going to defend my life. And in our, like I said, in our studio, it would be kind of like, you know, two, three counter strikes and then run. Is that what you guys teach? Yeah, we teach three. Um, I know there was, and, and pop, pop, uh, pop, yeah, the uh, the I feel like there was a study or there was like a statistic that uh, that if you did one, then you didn't do another, and so that you left yourself open for the other person to attack. And I can't I can't remember what we used to say in our studio since it's been a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, three was the uh, least amount that we wanted okay. you to do, and then anything more than that was, was fine. Three is a good insurance policy. Yeah. You think anyone getting stunned, hit in the face once, it's not going to like... <laughs> it's not going to knock them out. You'd have to perfectly place it, and right. they'd have to be maybe leaning in a little bit by accident. Like mm-hmm. Everything would have to go right for one strike to take someone down. Yeah, and once you get into three, it kind of already becomes a pattern. So you get used to striking three times, so what's four, and then what's five, and what's yeah. six after that, right? But if you just get used to striking one time, <clears> that just that muscle memory... Uh, is going to kick in where you get out of it, you strike once and then you freeze, right? So it's just getting into that motion that as soon as I get out of it, the fight just started. So how long have you been studying? Ooh, uh, well, I haven't stopped. Um, but I guess a majority of it in the past couple of years, uh, would be just self or with others who, um, have different backgrounds where we sort of teach each other. So it's starting to, I guess my uh, arsenal is starting to sort of fluctuate Mm -hmm. um, based on other styles that I've learned so far. Um, 
but I haven't, I studied at my school specifically for seven years. Okay. I mopped floors and then up from there I was a front desk and then eventually uh, sales and then worked into a full-time position where I was uh, uh, leading um, classes for crisis prevention intervention. We were working with law enforcement, uh, military in the Baltimore area, Georgia, those kinds of things. So can you talk, and there's a lot in the papers these days about law enforcement Good, bad, and different. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about de-escalation? Yeah. Um, so de-escalation is uh, I, you're looking at uh, you're looking at the, the sort of the entirety of the situation and trying to prevent um, a uh, someone to become violent. Um, and by doing that, you know, one de-escalation technique that we would use is typically when someone's uh, having, I guess you could say, sort of an an anger moment, an angry moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're loud. Like they're just, they're not necessarily worried about the words they're saying, but more or less how they're, again, what we talked about earlier, the emotion that they're feeling in order to sort of use whatever comes out of their mouth to express it. Right. So in that moment, we already want to take wherever pitch they're at and we want to reduce it. We want to talk lower than them. Okay. And just in doing that de-escalation technique, you're going to lower their voice because they're trying to match you. Okay. Right. Um, so you can also use this in a relationship. If you're in a fight with your spouse, (laughs) talk (laughs) at an even level so that they can hear you. So they have to reduce their, uh, their tone. Um, so deescalation is very much trying to get the person to sort of lower their guard, um, or to reduce the, uh, the high level of energy that they're feeling. And as we reduce that level of energy, we can get them to more of a, a calm state or at least an attempt a calmer state to where we can actually get language and communication to them. Because yeah. when someone's high energy, it's, I mean, you're, you're talking steam and everything. They're not listening. I've heard in the past, and I wonder since you're studying psychology if it's, and, and the de-escalation piece, if it's true, that you can't yell and think at the same time. Um, is that an exaggeration or is it like a kernel of truth, but it's not anatomically true? Right. Uh, try to yell and think at the same time, right? It's, <laughs> it's pretty difficult. And uh, when you look at... Um, when you look at other practices, uh, even in some of the, uh, like, let's say, uh, yoga traditions or some of those practices that try to bring you to a calm state of like not having to think Mm -hmm. they use humming, they use different tones to sort of cancel out that, that constant, uh, creativity that rattles in our head that creates the, um, that creates our thoughts. So yeah, it's hard to yell at a pitch that high while also trying to articulate and think of full thoughts. Right. So what happens is, is, you know, you have someone who's yelling and they only get out half their idea. Hmm. And then the other person who's trying to hear it doesn't understand it. So they get frustrated. And so they yell half their idea. (laughs) (laughs) And so then it just becomes this, uh, this mess, this mess of communication. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!